I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Welcome to the podcast. And today I actually want to ask you a question. Yes, you who is listening to this podcast episode. Do you tell people you're an artist? Now, if you say yes, that's pretty dope. That is really awesome. That's really great. If you said no, that is totally okay because I definitely was in a very similar position not too long ago. It even took me a long time to not only say, hey, I'm an artist, but also to say, hey, I'm a business owner or hey, I'm a creative entrepreneur. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. All of these different terms these were different identity tags that I wasn't very comfortable with putting on myself and the interesting part about it was that it never found its way to myself until I allowed it to and it didn't matter whether I was working part-time whether I was full-time with a part-time job whether I was just a student whether I was doing it as a hobby it took me a really long time to tell people definitively Hey, I am a photographer. I am a dancer. I am an artist. And honestly, even when I said I am a dancer, that totally had a little skip in my heart because it felt very like, ooh, that's such a weird thing to say. And I'm totally wondering if you're feeling the same way as well, that it's hard to tell people what you so passionately are and do we talked about this in a previous episode with hannah about how it was very hard for her to be able to open up being a model and like cake decorator to people because there was that fear of being judged that we were asking too much or taking up too much space or being too arrogant about it but i think there's also the other side of it that sometimes we feel that we don't meet the exact requirements to definitively say hey I'm a creative hey I'm an artist it's almost like we have a weird arbitrary set of rules that say once you check off five of these six then yes you have the right to say that you're xyz so it's a very weird thing and I think it also plays into how our own language to ourselves can really affect our confidence not just in the present moment but also in terms of seeking opportunities or just enjoying the journey of being within the creative entrepreneurship industry so with this bit of existential crisis that i may have served on to you uh <laughs> without further ado we do have a wonderful guest today her name is steph we met at a creative event here in Charlotte. It was really, really awesome. And I think this conversation that we had, it is a real time recording of us really just allowing ourselves to express some of these built up tension within ourselves. So I'm really hoping that you have this sense of relief too when it comes to listening to this episode. We pose this question later on, but I want to get you to start kind of thinking about it throughout this episode. So I want you to fill in the blank. You're still an artist if blank. 
And so while you think about filling in that blank, let's get right into the episode with Steph. Okay, we have Steph on the podcast. You want to say hi to the listeners and introduce yourself? Hey, y'all. Uh, I'm Stephanie Camello. I am a visual abstract artist here from Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today. Yay. And it's kind of funny that you say born and raised because I feel like I always hear people being like, that's a rare breed of people. I know. Um, I wasn't born and raised here, so I don't really, I don't know. I feel like yeah. everyone I meet is a combination of whichever yeah. It goes over my head. <laughs> yeah. I always get called a unicorn, which I think is funny because uh, it just feels like my normal life to me. Like this is the environment I grew up in. And I have sure memories from being a kid in the same places I go in out in as an adult, which is a little interesting. But for me, it's it's been so positive and so fun to watch not only Charlotte grow as a community, but definitely now as I've explored my career in the arts, like watching the arts community here grow and flourish has been like a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, before we kind of get into who you are as an artist, I do want listeners to kind of know who Steph is without the artist hat on. Yes. Um, so we're going to do the favorite blank game. So funny okay. thing, I wasn't going to ask this question, but we were talking about this <laughs> right before we were about to record. I also don't know how to ask this, but favorite ASMR thing? Um, so my favorite ASMRs to watch, um, and I've even been told I should record like the videos where it's just like people eating and watching the food, but I love watching cooking videos specifically. Like if it's like a nice pasta or a risotto that we're making and listening to the ASMR of chopping, you know, the parsley and the, and stirring the cream, I just... It's a vibe. It's so nice and comforting. Yeah. And I was talking about how I really <laughs> like ones where you're going to the doctor or yeah. a chiropractor. <laughs> and I think it's just because I like being like touched and taken care of. So definitely. I would wonder if that's like. I like eating. Like, so I'm wondering and about that. It might also be because like, have you had people like cook food for you mm -hmm. as well? Yeah. I wonder definitely. if that's like a, a comfort. as Definitely. Acts of service is one of my love languages. Mm, so not only do I enjoy like being like someone cooking for me, it's it's great and it's like a hug, but I also enjoy cooking for other people um, and like having people over for dinner parties or like St. Patrick's Day, like making a huge cottage pie and like mashed potatoes and just a bunch of food and like loving on people that way. Oh, so that's definitely... So definitely one of my love languages is feeding people <laughs> see now I, I feel like that you mentioned love languages it makes sense why mine is the doctor and chiropractor yeah. I, mine is <laughs> I was wondering touch. yeah yeah I love physical touch yep. or like even like it's a funny thing because I I'm quite an introverted person and mm -hmm. sometimes I kind of how my posture is is quite like I don't know if I just exude energy that I don't want to be touched but anytime someone's like can I hug you I'm like yes 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 yeah. please, please yeah like I love I love hugging and yep. doing all that stuff. Or even when people just like put their hand on my shoulder, I'm like, nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm definitely that type of person who like, if we're talking, I'll be like, put your hand on your shoulder or like touch arms a lot. If I'm like emphasizing a point, just because I, I feel like that's also one of the ways I communicate um, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we can get to the other favorites ones okay, that cool. I had prepped. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. It was just very interesting <laughs> because I don't know. I used to be a hater for ASMR and I think I said that in, <laughs> in the early in the like in another podcast episode but like yeah I really kind of do like it. It's definitely niche. Yes. It's definitely like strangely 
enjoyable, which I think is like why it's got such a kind of like cult following is because it's something you would never think like, oh, wow, like I should be into this. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to it and you're like, wow, this I get it. I, I think understand. you have to find the right one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, well, actually, I guess this kind of relates to that question. No, it doesn't. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm just saying that's so a we could transition. OK, I love it. <laughs> um, favorite artist. Ooh, um, geez, this is tough. I know. I'm From being big, yeah. Swing in the beginning. I mean, I I really have to go because I'm I'm really self taught, so I identify a lot with his story. I I really love Van Gogh. I love, um, like the tactile nature of all of his work and the movement and the impressionism, um, and I relate to it a lot because. I find myself painting in a similar style or or not even style, but just using the same kind of techniques and the same brush strokes and things like that. Um, It's interesting in high school, uh, high school was the last time I took any like formal art training really. And I didn't find it until late in my high school career. I was a theater kid and I did theater every single year and I did. I loved being oh, on stage. I was also a theater kid, yeah. so that was super fun. Yeah, theater kids are the best. <laughs> All us thespians. Um, so I found it late, and um, I ended up being um, kind of fast-tracked by the time I was a senior, t- and I got to be a part of Art Honor Society. And we did these big four-by-four canvases for our library as part of our like donation and like way to give back for the art society for the school and I ended up doing because nobody else wanted to Van Gogh's Starry Night so um, I once again being local from Charlotte I went to out in county and if you go down there still they still have my piece in the library of my um, like my remix or my remake of Starry Night and painting it I was really I, I chose it because I knew I would be comfortable because I really just felt like I understood the way that he worked and the way he applied paint and it's still to this day like I really find his story to be inspiring to me to be reminded that there's going to be a lot of people who might not get what you're doing (laughs) but you you have to keep doing it for your own mental health and your own sanity and to take care and to love on yourself because you're right even if other people don't think you're right um and so there's there's many reasons and he's also ginger I'm a ginger (laughs) like you know like we we just I just like I just really liked Van Gogh and you know um I think that, yeah, he would be my favorite. And there's lots of others underneath, but. But there's just, there is something about Van Gogh. I mean, even in the intro episode of this podcast. And actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because of um, Van Gogh as well. I went to the Van Gogh experience, watched the movie, anything that was Van Gogh. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And that was really because like my family was also like really loved Van Gogh's work. But then also we're just quite heartbroken by his story as well. Yeah, definitely. And there's just so many layers to it. So it yeah. makes sense. You mentioned theater. Yes. And that made me, just a personal question that I want to know. Yeah. Favorite theater play or musical theater show? Either mm, one. I think the one that really, and I'm so unoriginal in saying this, uh, that really kind of opened my eyes to a whole new world that was really interesting was for me when I was in high school, when Rent came out, the movie Rent. Um, And 
I still think to this day, it's one of my favorite stories about just like the family that you get to make on your own. And just, um, I really, really loved it. So that one's mine. But growing up, my favorite was Phantom of the Opera. Hardcore. Oh, I grew up in an opera family where like my dad listened to Pavarotti and like the three tenors and I was obnoxiously singing at the top of my lungs as a young child. It's a good musical to be singing, <laughs> though. The opera, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be between between those two, very different ends of the artistic spectrum, yeah. but but both very beautiful and and very well done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're popular for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent. Like people be like, oh, that's like so basic to choose that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not afraid of it being I'm a little basic. basic. Yeah. I mean, I look wicked. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I read the book, and then yeah, I just I can't wait for the new movie to come out oh i'm gonna cry <sighs> from excitement and yeah. just any everything else in the um show too because i yeah. actually didn't know wicked the musical as like a story i used to just listen to the music i've done this with a lot of musicals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. same with hamilton like a lot oh. of musicals i just listen to the songs and i'm like these are great but then actually seeing it in the story form yep. it's like a whole new experience and then that's when i just dive even deeper yeah into the whole See- I was stubborn about Hamilton because I wanted to see it and I was a history major. So I was like, I want to do some research about Alexander Hamilton and like learn about it and then, and then do this, which I did cause I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we watched it in 2020 when it came out on Disney, when they did the recording and I was just like, yeah, nope, I get it. I get why this is so popular. This is insanely incredible. And now like anytime we go on road trips, like, that are even if it's like two hours like we'll be like why don't we put the hamilton soundtrack on and just like listen to it as we drive and it's it's great it's so good and then in the heights (coughs) is also good too yes i love in the heights yes i thought it was great my uh uh my husband and i joke about anytime we're out in a big city we'll just take a moment and be like oh i want to listen to the sounds of my city and go (laughs) and then just like and both look at exactly (laughs) just randomly in the heights in the heights yeah lin-manuel miranda is in He's got an incredible brain. I'm grateful we live in the the time time. that he's producing artwork. And he's just another story, once again, to just remind yourself that, you know, if you're onto something, like, no matter how long it takes, because I think it took him seven or eight years to write Hamilton. And a lot of people weren't into it at first. And they were like, this this seems nerdy. And you want to do rap. And you want to do this. And it's like, no, like, listen to yourself, like put in that work it's okay if it takes seven years it's okay if it takes 15 you know but like keep going because like if you you know you probably got something good and and so you you deserve to put that time into it for sure absolutely and speaking of stories of really cool artsy people (laughs) I really want to know yours too like you mentioned a little bit about how high like high school did a little bit of art there yep and then you kind of like refound it or something? Yeah, I said, well, it never left me. Um, I will say it was something, you know, growing up, I always played around with art and loved, I loved fashion. I Fashion and theater and film were like my first loves. But art was always kind of there in the sidelines. I just never really paid a lot of attention to it. Um, and then I did, I found found art late into my high school career and I would sit there in class and just be like wow like this is what my makes my brain happy you know um in a different way that theater never did and and singing or anything else ever did and I had plans to try to pursue um a degree in art and got into school and I got a lot of voices and this is where I think that you know this podcast is super important that 
you know, artists don't make money. You're not, if you pursue a degree in art, um, cause I was putting myself through school. So I was taking out student loans to be there. Like you're going to be in debt. You're not going to make any money. Like you're going to, um, yeah, essentially like have to take some other job doing whatever, which is fine. Like, you know, and I still work another job now, but, um, I kind of got talked out of pursuing art as a degree. In hindsight, I wouldn't change anything about my life, but I really do think that I took a big detour for about 10 years away from art. And I kept it for myself where I would paint for myself. I would get in these moods where, you know, I wanted to work on something creatively and these different projects, but I never really showed it to anyone. I never put myself out there. I would give art away to friends, but I never thought about trying to pursue it professionally. And, um, I got into, you know, a really successful career, uh, early in my twenties. I, I did very well for myself. I got promoted at a really young age where I was not only one of the few females in my sales organization, but the youngest person in my sales organization, which was just wild at the time. Um, but I've always been a very determined person. And once again, like I had those student loans and I was like, I'm going to work because I need to pay off, you know, this debt. And I, I wasn't willing to compromise on those types of things. And so I did, I kind of kept it in the background and I hit, I want to say maybe about five years ago where I realized like, maybe this is something I want to start exploring and, and start exploring, like putting together a body of work to, to sell and to show and learning more about that aspect. And so I rented some studio space. This was back when I was living in Colorado for my old job and just started playing around and started working on these big pieces um, that are incredible. And I've been able to show since. And I really did take this, you know, like, okay, like I'm not quite sure how I'm going to break out and and how I'm going to start pursuing this professionally, but I wanted to start baby stepping myself in that direction. And so I did that for a few years because I was working another job and it was, I, I traveled three or four times, three or four weeks out of the month. So I was always on an airplane. It was beautiful, but it was also very exhausting. So it didn't leave me a lot of time for art. And I decided, I think it was in 2019 to make a transition to move back to North Carolina and to leave that job because it wasn't affording me the kind of balance to my whole life, including working on art that I wanted. And, um, so I did. And then I, I kind of got this fire in my belly of like, all right, if I don't do this now, like I'll regret it. I have no idea how long it will take me. I have no idea you know, like I may be another Van Gogh, right? And no one may see my work or, or acknowledge it or do anything like that until after I'm dead. That's fine with me. I just knew that if I didn't try, I was going to be upset with myself and I was going to block myself in a way that would create more problems for myself down the road. And like, I didn't want to almost run away from it. And I felt like if I, if I didn't kind of make a pivot, I was going to be running away from it and denying a part of myself that was really important to me. Um, and so the pandemic happened, (laughs) Uh, the lovely, lovely 2020. Um, and I had done research about some art festivals to apply to and was like getting all my ducks in a row to like be a part of them. And then everything shut down and I was like, guess I'll just keep waiting. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I'll just be over here waiting. And, um, you know, I did, but I, I, um, it never left my mind. And so I spent like a good bit of, of 2020 just continuing my practice, continuing to work on little projects. And, and then, um, you know, as things started to open back up again, I started to apply for open calls and I, I was using, you know, I, I have, I have an insane body of work already, um, just from messing around, just for doing things for my own self without really any guidance or direction towards, oh, I'm going to do an open call. This is the subject matter. This is what they're looking for. And I'll submit to it. Um, I tried to find, you know, open calls that aligned with some of my work I already had, as well as things that would allow me to create new work too. And I just started applying. Um, and that led to, you know, some, a lot of no's, a lot of no's. (laughs) Um, and that's okay. No is a great way to move you to the next thing that you don't even know you needed. Um, so I'm never afraid of the nose. I love that <clears> way of seeing it. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid of the nose because if I don't put myself out there, it's already a no. You, you. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, we met because I got a no, like technically with with the creative cohort. Like, Same. I, you know what I mean? We both <laughs> yeah, got nose to that, and we still were like, but they were like, well, but you can kind of come. So they were like, maybe's maybe <laughs> a little. They were like a little bit of a maybe. But we both showed up and we both put our put our time in. And so it's it's kind of that same energy. And um, I started showing my work um, in group shows. And then um, I put, you know, really my mind to it of being like, okay, I can do these group shows. That's cool. But I need a website. I need to switch my social media to being more art focused and less like pictures of my cat, you know, and things of that nature. And so I really had that shift and um, decided to really like say to myself and to a lot of other people, it's like, now I'm pursuing this as like a career and it's still, you know, like my, my part-time career, I still have a full-time job, but, um, the, the last few years doing this has really allowed me to have some incredible opportunities to meet a lot of people in the arts here. And then I did, I mean, even though I was doing it on the side I still was able to book my first solo show and so I had my first solo show where it was all my artwork by myself in March of this year in 2023 which was incredible and that collection had been in my brain for 10 years Uh, that whole period of time in college where I was you know getting a degree in something else and and listening to those voices of people who said no you can't be an artist you're gonna be broke uh they, I, I, I let little things foster that whole time that ended up coming out in the show. And so it's like, it's like always been a part of me and it always will be. And so, yeah. Wow. That was so lovely. The way that you just like tailored your whole story. (laughs) Also did not realize that like, I guess the moment you were like, yes, I'm an artist was actually quite recently. I would have totally thought that you've just always been doing it. And, you know, yeah, I think that's just because you have done so much in these past few years. For sure. But I think it also comes from you being like, all right, I'm going to be fearless and I'm yeah. gonna just I'm going to just go for it. If I get a no, yeah. well, fuck, that hurt. It sucks, but it I'll, does I'll keep suck. going. <laughs> it sucks. I've cried, you know, yeah. like, <clears throat> but I mean, I think that what it really comes down to is um, 
I'm being authentic to myself. I'm honoring myself. I'm, I, I did have the self awareness when I was young, when I was like 17 to say like, whoa, I'm good at this. And it took a lot of growth and maturity to stop listening to other people who weren't saying, oh, you're not good at this. It's just not very practical for me to really step back into myself and say, well, if like, fuck it, if it's not practical, like there's a lot of things in this life that, um, can be risky. Sure. But I think that it's one of those things that if I didn't do, like I said, I would regret. And it just makes me happy. It makes I, it is who I am. And if I'm not being who I am, that's not a version that I want to like show up with in the world. Like I'm not bettering society, not being my full version of myself, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it is interesting. Cause I do still feel like very much like a baby artist, but Um, I have just like tried to be as resilient as possible and just say, okay, like, cool, that didn't work out. Like, let's move on to this because like, that's the only way I'm going to go forward, you know? And that's, that's the only way that the other yeses that are meant for me are going to come if I keep just putting myself back out there. And so, yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, gotta go for it. Yep. And with you saying that you're a baby artist, I say that I literally <laughs> say those same words myself too. Yeah. I'm like, I, I say, well, random thing that's not actually related to this. So I started going to the gym again oh, and I talk yeah. about my like baby chest muscles because they're so hell yeah and so good tiny. for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I also use that term too. Yeah. Well, but I refer that to like babe, me being a baby artist. But I think it's funny how, well, maybe not everybody's going to use baby artists like we do. Yeah. But we'll always have artists that will kind of I guess downplay themselves because yeah, it's for funny sure. it's easy for me to see it like you as somebody that's not quite a baby artist because I'm seeing from an outside perspective all the things that you've done sure and you know I'm sure that's going to be the same as we go to any other person except ourselves yeah we're going to be like wow there's so much more that I can do but then other people are like you've done literally a lot of things already yeah and I wonder if that's just another sequel to the words that you were hearing back in college being like oh art's not practical art's not this art's not stable which is funny because the pandemic oh, also proved to us that oh, I know. a lot of quote-unquote stable jobs were not stable Mm-mm. honestly i saw a lot of artists thrive during Definitely. the pandemic whether that was making their portfolios and like working on it um some people increase their sales because yeah. when times get tough, people yeah. lean into art. Yep. Like it's, I'm like, wow, it's very yep. interesting how the world is. It is really interesting because, you know, art literally makes up our whole world. Whether you're just like really into flowers and nature, like I consider that art. <laughs> I feel like that's the world's art. Or, you know, if you're looking at, um, you know, the art that's behind us, right. That, you know, somebody picked out for this room. It's, it is our environment to a certain extent. And I really have become a lot more aware of that in the last few years that like without specifically like visual artists and people who are creating works of art, you know, the backgrounds of movies, the backgrounds of, of whatever ads, all of these different things like would be so blank and so boring and so Mm -hmm. empty. Like, Art allows us to surround ourselves and create an environment that then we feel like ourselves in. And I think that's such a beautiful part about being an artist is me being able to make something that makes you feel like yourself when you have it in your home. And I think that that's so cool because I never go into making a piece being like, oh, like 
I'm going to paint some elephants today because it's going to make someone, you know, happy to hang over their couch. Like I, I just do it because it's, I want to paint some elephants today or something like that, you know? Um, but I think that's the beauty. And I do agree with you about the pandemic that made people realize like, yo, I got to be in my house. Like I want my house to be nice. I want to be surrounded by beautiful things that make me happy. And so, you know, for sure. And then from there, it just has kind of flourished for a lot of people um, and reminded them that, you know, there are a lot of things like the beauty and aesthetics that come from art that just maybe we ignore and take for granted um, that we shouldn't. And we should really like honor like, hey, like all of my artwork is an extension of who I am and who my personality is, even though someone else made it. If I'm a collector, I'm collecting this work because it resonates with me. Right. Um, and so I think that's the fun part about being an artist too, is, is really getting to work with collectors who want something that's going to help them express themselves. It's really cool. Yeah. And I feel like art has those unintended impacts on people. Yeah. Cause like you said, you don't just paint elephants cause you're like, this is going to go in this yeah. person's living room. Well, I guess sometimes that, if it's a commission, I was then, about to say, know, like, like I literally just described the commission. For sure. Yeah. I love a commission. Hit me up. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, definitely. <laughs> but it's also really interesting when we talk about art and artists, because we're also not just talking about people who do it as a full-time job, yeah. but you know, you yourself, you do it part-time. Right. And I think a lot of times I'll even have still like a lot of creative friends mm-hmm. who do it part-time, but they're never comfortable to say I'm an artist or I'm yep. a photographer or I'm whatsoever like their industry like title is, but I'm always like, what you mean? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm going to use my uncle as an example. He's an incredible photographer. He did used to do it professionally. Um, he actually worked for, um, a car company for a while and like photographing their cars and different things like that too, in these really cool environments. Um, and now like he is, he just does it for himself and, he lives down in Florida and he'll wake up early in the mornings and go to the beach and take his sunrise photos and go on these things. And, um, you know, it's one of those things though, that I don't think because he's pursuing it professionally anymore, he considers himself like a photographer. And I think that's nuts because it never left him, even if he, it's not how he's earning his paycheck anymore. Um, and he's hella talented and, you know, I, it's the same thing. Like I have friends who are working on like taking like a watercolor class right now just for fun. And and they'll come to me and be like, oh yeah, but I'm not an artist. And I'm like, yes, you are. Like just because you're not going to sell it to someone doesn't mean there's a difference. Like you're an artist, whether you're pursuing it professionally or whether it's what makes you a sane person at the end of the day, when you get done with your nine to five, like I think that that's an important distinction. And whether you just sing in your shower or you sing, you know, and open for Beyonce, like you're still a singer, you're still an artist. Like, I think that that's really important for a lot of creatives to be reminded that like the way you carry and present your art is your choice. And if you want it to just be for you, like, hell yeah, let that art be for you. You know, I'm selfish. So I want you to share it so I can enjoy it. I'm very, very, I say this to a lot of artists. I'm like, yes, I'm super happy for your next project so I can go look at it because I just love, you know, I like to eat art. Like I, I enjoy going out. That's, that's how I refuel my brain. I had a tough day at work yesterday. I went to an art opening last night and just looking at one of these paintings, I was like, oh, 
life is life makes sense again you know so oh yeah. i love doing that at exhibits where it's not opening night but i have my headphones in and i'm playing oh, yes. music and i'm just going around i'm like this is my vibe mm-hmm. and i feel so good yep and i feel like too with making this podcast i never wanted to also have it where i pressure anybody to have financial gain from their art yeah for sure or you know have to be full-time to be considered this it's almost like i gotta reach level 20 to be right like now i can tell myself i'm an artist but i mean if it's if it seems like that's something that's quite minuscule yeah you know people could be like oh you know it's it's not like a huge deal but the moment that we start downplaying ourselves Mm -hmm. in these small moments you're gonna start downplaying yourself like in bigger moments or like if you decide to make a shift or if you decide, hey, I do want to start selling it. Or if you decide, hey, I need to leave this professional art career and just do it for fun and for myself. Like there's so many pivots where if you're not actually allowing yourself to be confident within yeah. you, your work, right, and everything that makes you, you're going to get to that space where it's going to feel like this looming cloud that's yeah. just chilling there. and you're like not happy. You're not happy. And then, you know, it's like this cloud being like, why don't you just do this that you've always wanted to do? And then you're like, no, but society has told me it's not practical and like it's not stable. But then again, the pandemic. It, yeah, it's it's um, it stuns me how there's still so many people that wonder why there's so many more people that are really diving into creative work or like creative business. And mm-hmm. I think it's because of that realization that, hey, world's chaotic i'm gonna just do what the fuck i want to do yeah for sure and well and i think creativity it extends so much further than so many people realize like people who are in inventors engineers like you have to get creative to think about solving problems and in every every business to a certain extent you know fortune 500 companies all the way down to you know mom and pop's hardware store you know, to a certain extent, they have some aspect of creativity about their business too, whether it's signage or, or the marketing materials or anything like that. Like there's, there's creativity in every single aspect of our lives. And I think the world is a better place when creatives are finding ways to express themselves and add more to our world for sure. I love talking about this type of stuff because I'm very passionate about it. I think, um, I think if I can help one person like come back to themselves if they've left and turned away from art or one person take that step forward who's been thinking about it I think that's really wonderful um my favorite part about doing art is people coming up and talking to me about theirs um and I love seeing you know if I do art fairs like the little kids who are like oh I'm an artist like I do this and I'm like heck yeah you do and then I always slide in there did you know you can do it as a real job (laughs) because you can and their parents will look at me and I'm like what's up mom like I'm gonna make your your child an artist one day like if I have anything to if I leave any crumbs behind in your child's brain it's I can be an artist one day and that's what I want for people because I don't think it gets talked about enough absolutely and I feel yeah. like it I want people to dream yeah as for well sure. because what what are we doing here yeah. and even with being able to dream I know like I used to be always told that, okay, you can do art right now while you're, you know, in school and whatsoever. But, you know, once you get a big girl job, yeah. um, you can't do it at all. Not even like part time. And I'm like, what you mean? Yeah. I, 
black clock out of five. I got a couple more hours. Exactly. Like, what am I going to do with it? Exactly. And you have your weekends. I think that that was a big shift for me too of realizing like, okay. And I, I, I was working with a life coach at this point and she was like, look, like think about it as like, you know, you're investing in a company. You're investing in your art business. When you, when you work your other job, you're allowing yourself to have that income. So you're not a starving artist. You can take care of yourself and you can also create that income to then put back into your art until it's at a point where it can sustain you. Right. Um, and thinking about that was a big mental shift for me because before I was like, <laughs> I just want to be a full-time artist. I just want to do this all day long. And by do this all day long, I mean, create content for social media. Cause that's seems to be what so much of it is. But, but I mean, but for me, really, that means I'm just painting and, and doing, you know, so many things. That reminds me of that, you know, that commercial with that girl where it's like, do we do soft tacos or hard tacos? And she's like, por que no los dos? Or she's yeah. like, what? amen. Por que no? <laughs> por que no los dos? It's like that weird thing that we're always told that it needs to be one way or the other. Right. And it's not. Yeah. And I think that mentality too, that I am not an artist until X, Y, Z even affected me because for the longest time I've been telling people that I went full time, I think like, was it October 2022? But really it was January 2022, but I didn't click that. That didn't click my head until I had a conversation with somebody and they were asking that same question. Yeah. And they asked me um, when I started my LLC and I was like, oh, January 2022. But I didn't become full time, like uh, be an actual photographer until October 2022. And they asked what was happening between January and October. Right. I was like, well, I was, I was working another job, you know, um, at like UNC Charlotte and just, you know, yeah. doing a good old office job. And they're like, so you were still full time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you were still doing it full time. And I was like, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. And, even like with me doing that full time and then having a part time thing to kind of help supplement stuff. Cause sure. Yeah. Even that I was at that point, I wasn't even confident to say I was yeah, full time, yeah. even though I was literally working full time hours, like majority of how I was able to live <laughs> and yeah, pay for the things definitely. that allowed me to live yeah. came from photography because I had that attachment of a part time job. And I was always told that it's not legit until it's like literally takes over your 24 seven for the longest i had my i had my starting off full-time date always fucked up for the longest time that's so funny so yeah. now yeah and i missed my like oh one year of like full-time because you know how people be saying that yeah online yeah i missed it because I, <laughs> I only had this realization like quite recently and i was like <laughs> god damn because <laughs> it wouldn't feel right if i did it later this cool, year next year yeah next I'll, year it'll be it'll skip from zero to two yep <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, let me explain. I I was I was bogged down by the weird random yeah. things that society says about artists and what checklists you have to have. Right. You know, like yeah. we're gatekeeping ourselves. <laughs> no, and I think about that too. Of like, yeah, if you really put it into into like hours, right? Of like carved out time. Like when I was working on my solo show, I, I created 25 pieces of work in two months. I was a machine and, um, I was working a full-time job and then I would get home and be like, cool, let's eat dinner. Let's like hang out, shake it off. And then I would paint, you know, uh, all night until I was like, okay, I gotta go sleep and do it all over again. And on the weekends I was painting eight, 10 hours a day and I loved it, loved it. Um, but you know, even before that, when I, was still working other jobs. Like I would try to keep 
that time sacred and, and say, okay, like Saturdays are for the studio. And like Saturdays I'm going to be in my art studio and, and be working on pieces, even if I don't have a show or um, like a particular collection I'm focusing on or any, or commissions I'm focusing on. Like if I'm just making work to kind of keep making work, um, I would do that. Cause I think sometimes when you're in the part-time space, if you don't have a project necessarily that's coming up, you can kind of like avoid your craft sometimes and you can kind of be like, well, I don't have anything to work on. So like, I guess I can just watch TV and it's like, no, like keep, keep those dedicated times for yourselves. Keep working on growing your business um, or your hobby or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, because that, that those little bit of part-time hours add up really fast. If you start doing the math and you're like, yo, like I painted 15 hours, 20 hours, 40 hours last week. If I, if I'm painting all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday, that type of thing. So when was the first time you actually said that? Yeah, I'm a part-time artist. Um, it was after I didn't make enough money trying to be a full-time artist and I had to get a job. Oh, I, well, I, <laughs> I meant more like when you were like working on stuff because I feel like whenever yeah. you were, you know, doing eight to ten hours, were you ever just like, nah, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm a part-time artist. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I had the same moment as you. So really, if I think about it, I started pursuing my, I would say I started pursuing myself like as a professional artist when I, when I decided to rent studio space to work on it. And so that would have been five years ago. But I always say, like, oh, no, it was, like, two years ago that I started being a professional artist. But it's, like, no, like, really, I started shifting my mindset towards, like, pursuing it five, five six years ago. Oh, but so I you lied to myself about it, too. <laughs> like, we're just liars. <laughs> and our o- we are our own liars and gatekeepers. This is what I'm learning. Yeah. Because it, and it, it is, this once again, those, like, those check marks, those we see other people doing this so if we don't fit into that box, then we must not be doing it the same. Like we don't qualify. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, even if I'm still working on art, I don't, yeah, I did. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm not there yet. So I would just be like, Oh, okay. And I wouldn't even tell people I was an artist. Sometimes it's like something I, like my friends knew, but like people in my career and um, other aspects of my life, like I, there was, I felt like there was this big part of me that I was hiding because I wasn't pursuing it professionally, but I wanted to, and I felt like I couldn't talk about that in my job because then my job would be like, oh, like, well, you want to be a professional artist, so you're going to leave us. And I was like, yes, as soon as I can make money, <laughs> I am going to leave. <laughs> but I mean, you know, um, that's uh, for me, that's just going to take some time to get to a space from an income standpoint with art. Um, yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong too with being in that space. Cause I also remember the time where I was also thinking, uh, I just yeah. want to do this all the time. Yeah. And it was me just wallowing in that and not even like really working towards making sure I had a balance. So even when I actually shifted into full time, I was so off, off kilter, off balance yeah. with everything. Cause I was just so focused on getting there that the mm-hmm. moment I got there, I was like, wait, what the hell am I doing? Yep. And then that's when I got the part-time job. And then I went back to that space of being like, Oh no, I'm not full time. Being yeah. like that angsty teenager. In that. Yeah. I had some of that because I did. I, I, I gave it a couple months and I did some art fairs and I did some group shows and, you know, I was I was working 
And that was the thing that I was like, ah, I am working like this is my full-time job. I am showing up for these hours. I am putting in the time. I'm clocking in, you know, dude, like I'm clocking in. <laughs> I'm not making the money I need to to pay my mortgage. So that's okay. I believe that it's a thing that comes with time, especially in, in visual arts. You do have to kind of grow a collector base and have people get to know you. And, and that's wonderful. But I did. I had to go back and, and get a job. And um, it was, I felt like I had failed a little bit. Um, even though I knew I was doing the right thing for myself to once again, to continue to invest in my art, this was going to be the thing. Me getting a, a job was going to be the thing that allowed me to keep going forward. Because if I didn't get a job and I just kind of hung out, well, I might not be able to make any art because I don't have any money to buy canvases. I don't have any money to buy paint. So I, I went back in the space of being like, okay, I'm doing this to move myself forward. But it felt like, yeah, I had failed to a, a certain extent. Yeah. It felt like, a step back yeah too, which it wasn't really and no. if you think about if we heard that same story from yep. a friend of ours mm -hmm. we probably would say something way more encouraging than what yeah. we tell ourselves for sure and I feel like it's a little bit more I've been seeing it more as a side quest yeah instead of something that's like a step back on like the little board game board game board <laughs> yeah on the, like a little step it's like, like you're not doing one minus or like minus one step yeah it's yeah. just you know i'm just i'm gonna do my little side story here and right. then get back on the track wherever that's gonna take me and right. i think that's okay and i'm even like admittedly in a space too where i still think about you know maybe there will be a time that i will need to go grab another part-time job or do multiple part-time jobs right. or do a full-time job and it took me a lot of time and reflection to be okay with that mm -hmm. And shout out to my therapist because <laughs> shout out to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I talk a lot about business stuff with her. Yeah. She really helps me align with it. And she was telling me that you got to remember that getting those part-time jobs or full-time jobs, it's, it's just part of that journey. Mm -hmm. It's part of your story. Absolutely. And it's just a resource. It's another resource that you know that you can always go to Yeah, so that you're not always feeling like you're, on the stranded island and like there's nothing that you can do and your like resources are scarce it's like no yeah. like go ahead and go take up that part-time job if you're kind of in an area or like a time where damn like expenses are kind of high yeah and inflation would be getting yeah. higher uh. <laughs> i i think to the point that you're you're making there about it is you know um yeah having that part-time job so you know it is it's something that if you think about it like um I think it was Andy Warhol, like he worked for Macy's doing their storefronts or something like that. It was one of the department stores. Like that was his job that he did as he was working his, on building his career in the arts, right? Like if, and I, and once again, being self-taught, I don't have all the art history knowledge that a lot of um, traditional classically trained artists do have, but you know, that's a story that always, I thought about like, like there were so many artists in, throughout history that had other jobs first, that they did alongside until they got to the point that they were earning their income off of art. And I mean, if you think about it, like, who is it? Gerard Butler. Like, I think he was a lawyer until he was like in his thirties. Yeah. And then, and then he just decided to, once again, Phantom of the Opera come out and start singing. And he got his big break in Phantom of the Opera. 
Oh, wait, I so, didn't, wait yes. his big break was Phantom of the Opera. I, well, it's, don't quote Your, me on Wikipedia <laughs> or something. Folks, Steph's but, big break for Gerard um, Butler was uh, Phantom I, of the Opera. I love Gerard Butler. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of artists who you have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure you're alive and you're eating the yummy things that make you happy. You're, you're doing the activities. You're going to the gym and working out and taking care of your body. Like those aren't things to compromise on just because you want to be an artist. Mm -hmm. They, you need those to survive and to take care of yourself and to take care of your mental health. And because you get that income from something that's not art, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's allowing you to then create that space to then, go and work on art outside of it. And I have been very stubborn the last couple of years about what type of job I will do because I, I was working one job that took away my nights and my weekends for a little while. And I was like, yo, like that's when all the art stuff is happening. Like I can't, I can't do this job. And it was terrible. I had to miss one of my own art openings last year because oh I gosh. was working and I couldn't get off work because, um, yeah, it was sad. I was, I was sad. I was a sad girl. Um, but I told myself that this would be a moment in my career that I looked back on and I would be grateful for that job and know that I wasn't going to let it happen again if I could help it. And so I, I actively took, and it took me six plus months to find a different job. I was stubborn. I wasn't going to leave my job and, and, and compromise there until I had something else. But I was like, okay, like I need to shift this. So my schedule allows more time for art. And so whatever that looks like for any individual person, you know, whether it is, you know, working a day job, so you have your nights and your weekends to go perform and, and, and dance or sing or whatever, or, um, having those weekends to paint and, and go to different networking and art events. Um, I was really stubborn about making sure that at least my time off would align with me being able to focus on art and so I was very much um kind of like one track minded about that being like okay I have to create the space for it I'm not going to be upset about the fact that my paycheck comes from so and so and I do other stuff during the day I'm going to be happy that um, at night I can go to art openings on the weekends I can be a part of a group show or support my friends who are in you know, shows and, and I tried to tune out that voice that I'm not as legit as them because I'm part-time in there full-time. That's, that's, that's a lie. Yes. So that is an absolute lie. Yeah. Because you're also still shelling out great work like right. other people are. And yeah. even if there is like a different amount of time that's dedicated to that art, that doesn't mean that anything's any lesser. Right. And even going back to the Van Gogh story and how we were talking about that people, no matter how much time that they put into art, they don't necessarily establish themselves as, hey, I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. We probably wouldn't say that about Van Gogh during his time yeah. when he was creating his art. Like we think, oh, yeah, Van Gogh's always been an artist, even though really his work wasn't truly appreciated and wasn't even making income for him until after his death. So why can't we also see ourselves that even if we're in that journey towards whatever our goal is, whether it's becoming full time, being part time or even just keeping something as a hobby. Yeah. Because, you know, it's OK to have a art hobby. Those are fun and those yeah. are healing. Exactly. And those are spaces for you to, you know, work exactly. on yourself and connect with people like that's so chill but that's all still within that art realm and yeah. it's okay to take breaks too it is oh my gosh yeah I'm in a little bit of a season seasonal break right now after my show because I just like poured my whole heart out into a 
bunch of artwork. And so now I'm just working on some smaller things that don't really have like a path to them yet. And I know where I want to go with the next thing, but I'm kind of enjoying the space of like working on my technique, going to some figure drawing classes again, and just enjoying the fact that, you know, I don't have a big goal to rush towards and like resting a little bit in that. Um, because I could be a machine. I love to paint. I will do it all day for forever. And I can be a machine. I'm very hardworking. If I love it, I'm going to go for it. Um, But like rest is really important too. And I know we talked about this a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like you have to have those moments to be like, no, stop, sit down. Yeah. And I just look at something pretty. You don't need to check anything off your to-do list yeah, you just don't go need to, to do go the to dishes show, yeah do whatever there you don't even have to network i've gone to shows and i didn't even talk to nobody i went to a show last night and i didn't talk to anyone and that's okay <laughs> and it was great and i loved it and i was like okay this is really cool i wanted to see this art i wanted to see this gallery space that i had never seen before and then i was like you know i don't know anyone here i'm an extrovert but i still was like i'm not in the mood to make any new friends today so I'm going to leave. And I did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was great. You gave yourself that space yeah. to really just enjoy art for yeah. yourself. Too. Right. And I think we don't we don't do that often enough to really reflect on our different capacities, different boundaries, um, different goals for stuff. Because, again, like I was really glad that you wanted to come on to this podcast yeah. and talk about this, too, because I have seen so many like creative entrepreneur podcasts, which I guess I would consider this one one too. Sure, yeah. But I feel like it's not always necessary that the end goal is that you got to be full time and making like a million dollars, like right for per piece or something, yeah. or, or even to just monetize anything in general. The main thing is just to keep art in your life, yep. no matter how much time it's in there. I still don't really tell people that I was I'm a dancer. And even though I literally spent so much of my life in high school and in college dancing, like it was yeah, that's probably so cool. half my day. Yeah. Yeah. I love dance. And oh my gosh, me too. I love it. But I, you know, very complicated story and I might have some podcast episode about sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it was, it got me to a point where I wasn't comfortable telling people I was a dancer anymore. Combination of being burnt out. I was, yeah. you know, had... A lot of just things that happened within the community that just had me needing to have a break and I haven't been able to jump back into it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've now just gotten used to being able to tell people I'm a dancer, even though it's not in the same capacity. Right. As where it used to be, too. Right. Or where, you know, wherever I wanted it to be. Yeah. At one point, I wanted to do it professionally and I realized that was not for me. Yeah. And, and that I, was okay. That's, that's how I feel about acting. Like, I don't really want to be an actor. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool. And I've still like played around with different stuff, but I haven't been in a play and since high school, you know what I mean? But I used to think like, oh, maybe that's something I want to do. And now I'm like, I don't think that that's something I want to do. But I think like, you know, I would love to have been a chef in a past life. I love, <laughs> you know, like going back to talking about cooking for people, like I love it. It's so fun but I've worked in restaurants. I don't want to be a chef. That is a hard job and no one yep. talks about it. Being a chef is an incredible, incredible thing. You have an incredible artistic talent in, in, in creating food for people. Um, and I love to create food. for people. I don't want to be a chef. I don't want yeah. it to be my profession. So that's where, you know, like, yeah, whether you 
make a million dollars a year, whether you make $10,000 a year, whether you don't make any money and you just bring the dopest food to the potluck, you know, on 4th of July, it's, it's all about like honoring the things about yourself that like make you come alive and like make your, yourself spark. And, and also having that courage to say, fuck yeah, I'm a dancer. Yeah. And I don't have to do it every day. Yeah. I used to think like Fuck I no. need to do it for an hour a day. Oh gosh. And then that, I'm a dancer. That to me, an outsider's perspective here, that just seems a lot about like the very rigorous training that I've observed of <laughs> dancers where like y'all yeah. are like really religious with your practices yeah. of like stretching and making sure you do this. And I get it. You're athletes yeah. to a certain extent as well. You're using your body in a way to make art that is so fucking hard and beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's where like that might be where that sense of routine and then also that rigid mindset that I have when it came to even just saying that hey I'm a (laughs) full-time photographer or even when I did it part-time I didn't tell people I was like a photographer I was like oh I just kind of I just kind of do this and I was like, what I just the hell? kind of do. I this. just kind of do this thing. Yeah, you know? that's how I felt about art. I just kind of did art. Yeah, you know? and mm. it was just like, like <laughs> as if I was being embarrassed. It was really weird. Yeah, like I felt like I was sixteen again, and somebody was saying something, and I got embarrassed, even though I was well into my twenties and I was not a teenager. Yeah, I got embarrassed about stuff, but then yeah, I got embarrassed. I, mean, I get it, but I I don't know what it is. You know, we're also both not psychological experts into things no. maybe i add mm-hmm. something in my show notes about why this is a phenomenon that we're just constantly always downplaying ourselves you know what it is at our core human beings we are our own liars oh yeah and our own we're our own worst enemies um for sure and i think that that's like where like we almost preemptively think I don't know about, about you. I won't speak for, but for myself, like speaking for myself, like sometimes I'm like, Oh, like I already feel like I know how this is going to go. So I just like, don't do it. Or I avoid the conversation. Um, you know, or sometimes I just don't want to hear what other people have to say about it. So I would just like not talk about art, Mm. you know? And I would be like, Oh, well, like, I feel like this person's gonna judge me or think like, Oh, like you're just like, I don't want to be patronized. I think I was afraid of that, but that to me has also, me presuming how I think someone's going to react when I have no idea how someone's going to react. And so I, you do just kind of have to put yourself out there and, and see what happens. And I think that like, um, leaning into that fear of, of just like, yeah, like embracing the things about yourself like this in, in the creative space can be difficult. Um, and we do, we're our own worst enemies of being like, Oh, like this person's going to judge me. And then 20 bucks, 20 bucks says that that person's going to be your biggest advocate. And like all of that fear got in your way and you could have had a really beautiful mentor or something like that who would hype you up, but you, you let yourself run away from it. I have that happen to me all the time where I'm like, Oh, I'm afraid. I don't know if I should tell this person or this. And I don't want to show my artwork. And then I do, and they give me helpful feedback and they're also like, the people who share my stuff on social media and, and, and talk about me and advocate for me. And so, um, you do have to kind of get out of your own way sometimes. Yeah. It's a weird self-preservation thing that we do when we try to hide something like that as if that the, maybe we had somebody in the past that was, you know, not super supportive. And then now we think everybody's like that, but that's the also unfortunate thing about the human brain is that we tend to generalize 
And I think that's why it's so important to do a lot of self-reflection and then also having people remind you that, hey, yeah, your brain might be telling you this right now, but you should go ahead and share that or yeah. you should go ahead and tell people that you do art or that mm -hmm. you do whatever your artistic medium is, whether, you know, you're in a full-time area now or you have to switch over to part-time right. or you had to switch over to a hobby or now you're like, actually, wait, I want to go back to part-time yeah. or go, you know, it's, it's constant changing of everything and nothing has to be constant yeah for and sure permanent and right. i think that's all okay at the end of the day and you know that lack of consistency that our lives have it's it's fine to have as long as you also have that consistent support from people Definitely. and that support system and i think that makes it a lot easier to navigate those really difficult spaces and mm -hmm. navigate those difficult ways of us being able to be confident yes to just say the simple words of I am an artist. Yes. And this is what I do part-time or this yes. is what I do full-time. Yes. And I think the other thing too that, that doesn't get talked about maybe enough about being part-time is, you know, when you are part-time, you do have that full-time income to fall back on. When you go full-time, like it starts to get a little scary because you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, it's Where's my scary. next commission going to come from? And so, you know, to a certain extent, like a lot of the times, like we... It, it, the whole grass is greener thing. Like we don't realize that that, that full-time job gives us a, a sense of safety that we won't have being full-time necessarily all the time because, you know, things happen, life happens, commissions fall through, projects fall through, you know, um, or whatever. But, um, you know, there is, a there is an aspect of that, you know, with, with being part-time that does create like, I don't want to say more opportunity, but it does create just a different, um, sense of like security for yourself than being full-time does. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely depends on the person because I feel like a lot of times we'll hear advice where, Oh, if you want to do art full-time, go ahead and do it, go ahead and freelance, just take the risk. And it's just like, go, go, go. But everybody's different. And yeah. it's like how, like with freaking diet cultures, they tell you, oh, yeah, like this is the diet that everybody's going to like get this body goal when literally everybody. <laughs> See, I say this because I know about your solo <laughs> exhibition, yeah. but literally everybody's body is different. And yeah. it's always everybody's like dreams, and aspirations and their capacities. Like I've I've told friends that like I like doing full time freelancing because I really love the business part of it. Yeah. And I actually don't do a lot of photography at the end of the day, honestly, a lot of my photography is like me kind of going around with my other camera and just kind of being like, do, 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 do. Yep. But really it's a lot of business. And yes, I've for spoken sure. with a friend before too, that before we also say, yes, I want to do full time. Also knowing that freelancing is not for everybody. Yeah. Especially if that's kind of like the space of like what full time means to you. Mm -hmm. um, there's also full time art related positions yeah. so full-time doesn't necessarily mean you're doing like your own thing your own like small business like I know friends who do full-time graphic design for yeah, like a company for sure and that's you're a full-time artist yep. and that because you're doing it full-time yeah and there's so many different avenues and then same with like part-time too it's just like you have this as a part-time income but then you also have your full-time income and if that works and that what's is what resonates then like cool that doesn't have to be you know it doesn't mean like oh, I always need to keep going, going, going and yeah. getting the better or else we're going to get into this weird 
space of constantly chasing what is quote unquote better. Right. When right. And not being happy with what you have like exactly. today in this moment. Um, it's like you miss your life. Yes. Like, and you, and you just are like waiting for this moment, but you're not enjoying what you have now. And it, it, it Anytime I catch myself doing that, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, like I don't even, I didn't even realize all this good stuff I had that was setting me up for what I have now. And I'm really grateful for it now, but damn, I was not paying it enough attention. I was not expressing enough gratitude for it it, it, while I was going through it. You know, um, I think that that can definitely be something to be reminded of in the creative space of, you know, all those years where no one was seeing my artwork and I was just doing it in my apartment and um, everything like that. Those were foundational years for me to figure out what I even liked to paint, what I even how what what type of material I like to use or subjects or anything like that. But, the, you know, the whole time, like, yeah, I would not talk about my art, probably wouldn't show you my art, like wouldn't say, hey, my name is Steph and I'm an artist. Like, nope. Um, it was so far away from what I considered my identity at that point of time, but it was so foundational to my identity today as an artist, but I never, I I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've also now just remembered that during that time when I had that part-time job and I was, well, now I realize I was working full time photography. <laughs> um, I also didn't take the time to really appreciate the people that I had in that job mm-hmm. that wasn't my art related job because I was so focused on becoming full time. Yeah. Because I was in a weird space where I was frustrated mm-hmm. that I was like, oh man, I'm taking, like, again, that mindset that I was taking a step back instead of thinking it, about it and having a mindset shift of, yeah. wow, this is like a, my cool, fun side quest. And I still think about how I never really, really took the time to also really be thankful of those people, too, that were at that job that I had. Yeah. Because, you know, that job also supplemented my income. But those same people that were at my job really helped me a lot with navigating like a new workspace because it's been a while since I was in an office. (laughs) Um, It was it's been a while since I worked in that kind of like capacity and. I, before I had like that part-time job, I, I actually was working in another space that was, ooh, it was toxic and traumatizing. <laughs> oh no. And no. yeah, that, and like, I know, like looking back, I'm like, oh no, that was awful. Oh no. But then I also like remember, and now I only see it in hindsight that those same people that I was in that workspace, even though I was so focused on becoming full-time and I almost had blinders to them. Yeah. I only can now in retrospect see how much they helped me heal from that really terrible work environment. And a lot of the lessons that they provided me and the support they provided me have helped me become like the prof- the business professional that I am today. Right. And I didn't take the time during the present to really like appreciate them. Yeah. And so I'm always like now backtracking to be like, hey, like, I really appreciate you. And I, it's always something yeah. that eats at me where I'm like, man, I wish I, I was present in the moment of like the people that were there with me, even if I wasn't in my quote unquote ideal space. Yeah. That's was actually really more dictated by what I thought people needed to see from me. Right. I, I went through the same thing and I think about it now, like how many more people would I have hyping me up and, and collecting my work and things like that. If I had just talked about the fact that I liked to, to, do art when I was younger and when I was in my careers and stuff. And, um, 
but I always felt like, oh, I have to keep this part of me hidden. Like I won't be taken seriously in the professional space or, which is weird. I do not know who told me that. Um, but anyways, um, just once again, more lies we tell ourselves. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, like, you know, I, I wish I had been more forthcoming about this is, you know, but I think some part of it was, if I really am like reflective, it was because I was like, oh, people are going to think this is a hobby and this isn't a hobby for me. Like, even though I wasn't pursuing it professionally yet or even saying it in my heart, I knew that this is something that I wanted to do uh, every single day if I could. And so if I started to talk about that, you know, I, I thought it would put me in a, in a weird situation or people would try to say I was I had a hobby when it, it meant more to me than that. Um and just lots of things that I think I got into my own head about. Um, but you know, like some of my, my best collectors have been friends and family who support me. And then, you know, other random people who I've just met through work encounters or things like that too, that are like, Oh, you paint? Like, let me look at this. Oh, I like, and have bought work for me. And that's really cool too. So, um, hindsight, I, you know, I maybe would have done things differently, but once again, I am grateful to be where I'm at. And if you're listening to this and you're um, not talking about your art and you want to get there one day, like maybe just like put a, a feeler out with like your closest coworkers and just say like, Hey, the, you know, sometimes I, I, I do dance classes on the weekend or sometimes I, I go to this. And I remember when I was back in, in, in my job, when I was in Colorado, we did like a paint and sip as like a, a company bonding experience. And I was like, Oh man, I'm going to put my all, secret identity. I'm going to put all these people to shame right now. And I did. And it was hysterical. Cause they kept coming over to me and being like, wait, why is yours so good? And I was just like, well, it's because this is what I'm like meant to do with my life. I'm just not doing it yet. Mm -hmm. Damn it. Um, and it was really, it was really one of those once again, moments where I was like, yo, like I have this talent I should be sharing it and I don't need to be ashamed just because um, I have another job or I'm in this other space and it's not what I do full time yeah. yet. Yeah. And you got to remember that those people <laughs> that aren't within that creative space can also be supporters. And yeah. Could be future people that you can collaborate with. Yeah. And, you know, for all you know, maybe the co-worker that you have might also be like wait i also do the same yeah, thing too exactly and then you'll become like creative buddies right and it's i feel like it's nine times out of ten it's going to be a positive experience yeah and i think we also forget that even if we have that negative experience and someone's like oh this is a hobby when this is clearly something they're super passionate with right we can always correct them yes yeah and for we sure. can always be like hey actually no like I, this is actually something that i really um aspire to be and you know, again, nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then of course, if it's that one out of 10 where they're kind of being an asshole about it, then you know that that's the right. person you're not going to vibe with. Right. No, for sure. I don't think I ever had anyone to what I would tell them, like react negatively to me. Yeah. And, and I did, I had, you know, a coworker in that same session who was like, oh yeah, like my wife and I like a, as a date night, like to like put Bob Ross on and drink wine and like paint together. And I was like, that's so fucking cute. Good for you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and so once again, it was like their way of expressing themselves and, and, and as their hobby. And so, um, yeah, it was a lot of me blocking myself from, from really having a good sense of connection where I think I could have because I had like a box I thought I needed to look like in order to be taken seriously as an artist. And now 
that I'm in this space where I feel like I am taken seriously as an artist, I look back and I'm like, that's not, none of the things I thought it had to do with is what it actually has to do with. And, uh, it's a continuous, like growing journey. Yeah, for sure. There's so much that we could share. And I know know you were talking about like, Oh, I'm like kind of selfish and I want people to share. But, um, I had a, um, dance mentor that said that like art was a potluck. And if you're coming to a space and you're not sharing your art, like yeah. you're that person that didn't bring the food and that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah. and it's going to be, you know, it's all <laughs> the different that. types of food and everyone yeah. usually, I feel like whenever I have potlucks, I have the best time. I eat every oh my gosh, Yeah. Same. And everyone's going to find out like, Oh, this is like a really cool part of you. And most of the time for sure. And we'll say that all the time. Most of the time it's going to be a really positive um, situation. For I mean, sure. I don't think I've ever had one bad potluck. No, honestly. Mm-mm. Same. I've, I've, this is totally a tangent, but I have <laughs> wanted to do a potluck that was all potato dishes. <gasps> yeah. I love potato dishes. I love potatoes. And I just think that that would be like really fun and really creative because like, and then like, and then like, well, because I'm a little competitive, like turn it into a competition and be like, all right, <laughs> can you come to the potluck with a dish that no one else has made? And can you do that? And can you can you make oh, but a that's potato? Hilarious. I know. So then it's like forces people like you can't just bring tater tots or mashed potatoes, bro. Like what else can you make with a potato? Like anyways, it's mm-hmm. a very versatile um, tool. I know you said that was a tangent, but that actually reminded me that we've been talking about how the amount of time that we put into art can look different. And it's yeah. OK. And the type of art that we also create is can be different. It looks OK for sure. And. You know, I think, too, if you have the same journey as somebody, I think that's fine. If you make the same potluck dish as somebody, that's okay too. Totally. If you're two full-time people, just lean into each other. Right. I mean, you and I, we are in different spaces. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do this full-time my whole life. It might be for the next 10 years, and I might be like... And that's your choice. I'm going to (laughs) skedaddle. Yeah. And I think that's okay. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, art is everywhere, and it is, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say eternal. That sounds so, like, religious (laughs) yeah i I mean i hear you but it is in a way like because it's exactly it's always been it always will be i think and and that's one of the things too i mean like there's so much growth in the digital space right now with ai art and we don't have to get into liking it or not liking it but it exists people Uh, nfts there's so much that technology is pushing from a creative standpoint that who knows what stuff will look like in the future but art will be there art is not going to go away in any of its forms it just might come out differently what you use to make it might be something different than it was you know back when they were grounding up different minerals or plants to make paint right like I can now go to my paint store and buy paint like I don't have to go to the garden but that was you know what it used to be um so yeah I think that it's always going to be around. And I think that's the other thing that's important to as an artist is giving yourself permission to play and figure out like, are there things that I want to like figure out or check out that I'm not exploring right now? Uh, I've been curious about, you know, this one medium, like for me, it's spray paint right now. Like I'm fascinated by it. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I have a lot of friends who are muralists and use it all the time. And I had a friend in, in high school who was in my art classes that just made the dopest art and she used spray paints and stencils and I've never played with it, but I'm like, maybe I will. Who knows? Maybe all my work in 10 years will be all spray paint and I won't use 
you know, like liquid paint anymore in the same way. Like, but if I told myself, no, you're never going to do that. That's so limiting to what my experience and the way my life can go versus allowing myself to say, Hey, if I change my mind, I change my mind get over it. Like I'm happy with this change. Nobody else needs to be. And it's okay that it happens. Like I always say this change is one of the very few constants in life. Like we always have changed. Everything is changing all the time. So we might as well just like go with it and, uh, and give ourselves permission to change. Uh, but it's also cool if we stay the same, like maybe yeah. that is our change. Yeah, whether we decide to stay still or we decide to pivot. Yeah. At the end of the day, do your art and be happy. Right. Because if you don't do that, you do a disservice to yourself and you're going to find yourself being like me and Steph, now being like, well, shit. <laughs> now I do it all the time. Yep. After all those years of telling people I don't do it, now I'm here being like, okay, this feels like yeah. a lot better of a space. And I mean, I speaking for myself, like I know me saying that I'd like to do art as a career is so much more from a grounded, much more confident space than when I was right. like 18 and I was like being like, Oh, I don't really know. Yeah. And I was always, you know, when I was 18, of course, being young, you're scared of pivots and change yes, and for sure. not having your career set. And right. it always has to be like the moment you choose one thing, that's the thing that you have for the rest of your right. life. But I think there is a beauty with change and just adjusting to it. As long as it makes you happy, makes other people happy. Yeah. It's so simple, but it's also quite difficult. At the it's same extremely time. difficult. Um, it, it, can, it definitely can be. Um, but I completely agree. I think that, um, you know, like, who knows? I may wake up in 10 years and be like, you know what? I am going to go be a chef. I'm going to go to culinary school. Hey, do it. Like, you I, know, I'll like you. whatever. <laughs> exactly. And then, see, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like your people will always be there for you. The people who, who get it, even if they're not in the creative space, but it's creative adjacent or, or, or just doing whatever, like they understand like, Oh, like maybe we're going to go do something new today. And they'll be like, hell yeah, good for you. You know? And, um, I think that that's important to like allow yourself that opportunity mm -hmm. um funny thing is i know we talked about this podcast being this podcast episode being titled part-time isn't a crime yeah <laughs> which i think that's so cute but now i'm thinking what if we named it you're an artist if dot 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 oh Pe maybe I like people it. think that we're defining it but really honestly you're an artist if you're alive yeah like it's yep that's what it is you pretty know pretty much Life has all these curveballs and art, whether you have it as a career, as a hobby, part-time, full-time, whatsoever, there is a beauty in all the change and mm -hmm. turns and twists of all of it. And at the end of the day, really just find what makes you happy and yeah. do it because we have such a limited time on this earth. Right. Like we were talking about, you know, art being timeless and... It's really cool that, you know, Van Gogh's paintings like years and years after can oh, be still appreciated. But I, I mean, it. we as people and beings within our bodies, like there's only so much that we can do in this lifetime on Earth. So why not be creative right. and do art? Definitely. And I, I think um, I think that's a really good point. I don't know why she came into my head while you were talking, but, you know, I think about like Paula Abdul and like her early years of her career with dancing and, and singing and everything. And then 
she ended up on American Idol. Like I can, I can imagine from my perspective, if it was me that I would say like, well, like this isn't exactly what my career was as a performer. Like, why would I go and be a judge on a show about other performers? But really like, it's still her honoring like the parts of her creativity and then almost using it as like a mentorship type aspect of things too. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, we all grow and change as individuals. It would be insane as artists to think that we're not going to grow and change as artists. Um, and then that's not going to impact us, um, and impact our art. And it's going to be, it's always a good thing. So like, just go ahead and tell yourself like, however I change, it's going to be good. And so we're just going to like allow ourselves to do that and grow for sure. So now that we have renamed our podcast episode to you're an artist, if, if. Um, we'll definitely still put part time isn't a crime in the podcast description because I still really like that. And, yeah. we, you know, I always want to have that be a reminder for everybody. Mm -hmm, for sure. But this little section towards the end, we usually do some more advice for people. But I wanted okay. to have you and then I can also help if needed sure to complete the sentence of you're an artist if blank I think you're an artist if you're drawn to expressing yourself oh, I was gonna say in, not in words but I mean spoken word is like one of also my favorite forms of artistry too so like if you're into expressing yourself maybe period like I think that you're an artist if you have a sense of creativity that allows you to like think outside of the box a little bit and um, I think you're an artist if uh, you don't have just one quality. You have many that kind of come all together to then take up how you express yourself as an artist, right? Like you're an artist if you have creativity and discipline and um, ingenuity and that comes out as a really dope rap song, you know, or like you're an artist if... Um, yeah, like you ha are very tactile and you can use small tools very well and that comes out in jewelry making, you know? Like I think there's a lot of aspects of ourselves, um, you know, if we, you're an artist, if you can insert any adjectives there and then that leads to like making some sort of thing that never existed before. Yes, absolutely. And... I think we could use that I don't know prompt. If oh, no, those are great. Okay. I think we can use that prompt of you're an artist if blank for you and I to also provide ourselves with positive affirmations yeah. in case we ever find ourselves mm -hmm. becoming unconfident again. Because, I mean, we're here talking about it as if it's been completely, we passed that level. Yeah. But, I mean... Every now and then, 18-year-old me and her, the way that she had her thought pattern sometimes seeps into, Definitely. you know, my Tuesday night. Definitely. So sometimes you'll need some positive affirmations. Right. And I really want to encourage people to maybe take some time today, maybe write out 10 sentences. Maybe 10's a lot. Let me edit that. <laughs> Let's do three. 
Because yeah. I think that three is good. Three is good. Ten is a lot. But like, yeah, three, you know, you're an artist if blank, blank, blank. And whatever comes to your mind that day, write it down. And like we were talking about with um, small practices yeah, and small ways that really affect us, like as much as us being like, oh, no, I'm not an artist, even though when we are can really affect us. And the other side, on the positive side, if you're really practicing saying those words, like you are yeah. an artist if your name is Kareen or something like that, or right. like your name is Steph. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's true. Or it's like you're an artist if you click the shutter button or something Correct. like that. Correct, yeah. Like uh, shutter button, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know my yeah. photography technology okay. things, but you know, there's just so many little things that we could also do. Definitely. To really remind ourselves. Yeah, okay. I think it, I think using it as a, a moment of reflection is a great idea. Um, because then I think it's very telling of like, oh, well, like if it comes out, you're an artist, if you're full time, well, then it's like, mm, is that a lie I'm telling you to myself mm. or is it a goal? Right. Yeah. You know, so I definitely think that that's a really powerful way because for artists, sometimes it's like weeding through our own thoughts can help us get clarity into like what we are working for. And, and then, and that's outside of art too. So definitely yeah, like sit down write out three statements and then be like, hmm, what came up for me in those three statements? And then, you know, see, are you happy with that? Do you want to change anything? And and go from there, for yeah. sure. And your three doesn't have to look like our three that no, we write down or the person next to you. Yeah. And that's, again, from what we've been talking about this entire conversation, there's that beauty and that difference and that and the changes and maybe your three sentences the next day might be like, wait a minute, I want to tweak that. I right. don't want it to be yeah. like full time. Maybe I actually wanted my thing to be a hobby. I mean, that happened with me. I thought, oh, I'm a dancer if I'm doing this full time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting used to the fact that dancing for me has always been a lovely hobby that I love to do whenever I'm feeling a little bit imbalanced. Yeah. And, you know, need to reconnect with myself and I'm getting used to being able to say, hey, you're a dancer if you just put on the music and start moving. Something as simple as that. Yeah. And also it doesn't have to be you're an artist. It could be whatever your, you know, this exercise that we have created on the spot has so many possibilities. Right. For sure. I think so, too. Um, I think the bigger thing is, is just being mindful and reflecting about, you know, your own inner self and your own inner story that you're talking to yourself about. Um, cause that's really powerful. You know, you can have the best support and, and the best partner or the best friends or the best parents or whatever your sphere is, um, that is lifting you up. However, you, you have to lift yourself up. You have to, you have to invest back into Steph. You have to invest back into green. And because without that aspect, like, yeah, like it doesn't matter how much somebody hypes you up, you have to be your own hype man. Because there's going to be moments, I I remember reading this in one of Brene Brown's books, where you're going to belong everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Mm. And so you always have to belong to yourself. And so whatever, being an artist, if looks like for you in that moment is cool. And if it's broader into how other people see me, that's cool too. But um, it's really important to to do that for yourself and take, you know, yeah, like these moments of reflections for yourself to tap into your internal dialogue and like what you're talking to yourself about. Are you saying I started my business in October of 2022 or was it really January? It was January. Yep. 
Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> but for your case, where you're like, was for it me. really a couple of years ago, or was it five or six I years ago? I started as a yeah, right. I I and now I I think just to kind of wrap that up too, like I I've always been an artist, and that's where it's funny when people are like, oh, so when did you start doing an art? I'm like, at birth. I just didn't realize it. You know, like it's always yeah, been from me. the womb. Yep. I came out <laughs> with a crayon, you know, <laughs> or whatever it was. But yeah, uh, just like that's, it's always been who I am. I've just now taken ownership and, and started sharing it with others, which is my choice. So, yeah. yeah. Well, wonderful. And how can our listeners support you after this episode? So you can follow me on Instagram at Stephanie Camello. And Camello is spelled very similarly to um, chameleon. So it's C-H-A-M-E-L-O. Stephanie is spelled with a P-H and an A-N-I-E. And then you can also check out my art on my website at cameloart.com. And um, I'm out and about. So like if you've heard this and seen me and you want to come say hi or you want to go to an art event or anything like that, I'm, I'm definitely... Supporting me also means like hanging out and like going and doing other art stuff too, because I always think that's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can attest to how very friendly Steph is. <laughs> I think that's the reason why I said hi to you yeah. at that auditing class, because I was like, very friendly face. I'm yep. going to go talk to them now. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then I'm now done. we're here. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank this you. was a really great conversation. And honestly, Good. I think it has helped me make my day a little bit less cluttered in my head. Good. I think a lot of these thoughts have been just living in there. So it's been good that we're able to be here together too and like be able to release this. And yeah. hopefully there's at least one person out there that can feel a little bit of that relief for as sure. well. Yeah. A little bit less pressure on their shoulders. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm very grateful and very happy to have done this with you. I think it was great for me too to, you know, just once again be reminded of the things I tell other people I have to tell myself. So yeah, I appreciate it. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.